Hey y'all, welcome back to our trail walk through the Bible as we continue through 1 Kings. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we saw the prophet Elijah enter the scene. In in the very first verse, Elijah declared um, in verse 1 of chapter 17, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain through the next few years until I give the word again. So he declares and he speaks the truth of what God has told him. And when he declares it and when he says it, it happens and there was no rain and we entered a drought period. So now when we move on to chapter 18 in verse 1, it says later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. So Ahab had summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devout follower of the Lord. And once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden 100 of them in two caves. He put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, We must check every spring and valley in the land to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. So they divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. As Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my lord Elijah? he asked. Yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master, Elijah is here. Oh, sir, Obadiah protested, what harm have I done to you that you are sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? For I swear by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from the end to end to find you. And each time he was told, Elijah isn't here. King Ahab forced the king of the nation to swear to the truth of his claim. And now you say, go and tell your master that Elijah is here? But as soon as I leave you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you away to who knows where. And when Ahab comes and cannot find you, he will kill me. Yet I have been a true servant of the Lord all my life. Has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred of them in two caves and supplied them with food and water. And now you say, go and tell your master, Elijah is here. Sir, if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me. But Elijah said, I swear by the Lord Almighty in those whose presence I stand that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. So Obadiah went and told Ahab that Elijah had come, and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, So it is really you, you troublemaker of Israel. He answered in verse 18, I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped images of Baal instead. Now summon all of Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, who are supported by Jezebel. 
So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. So Elijah is challenging them here to make a decision. Either follow God, the true God, the one and only God, or follow your false God. It's up to you. The choice is yours. He continues in verse 22. Then Elijah said to him, I am only I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has four hundred and fifty prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal must may choose whichever one they wish, and cut it into pieces, and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it either. Then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the one true God. And all the people agreed to this challenge. In verse 25, Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, You go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it, and call on the name of your God. But do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting, O oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, hobbling around the altar that they made. About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You'll have to shout a little louder, he scoffed, for her, surely he is a god. Perhaps he is daydreaming or relieving himself. Or maybe he's away on a trip or is asleep and needs to be wakened. So they're like dancing and calling out on their false god to try to get get their god to set fire to this wood on these altars. And Elijah's sitting here mocking these prophets, saying like, he might be going to the bathroom or sleeping or taking a nap. Maybe he can't hear you. Like he's, he's openly mocking their false gods before them. Um... And Israel has been worshiping two gods for entirely too long. So he's calling them out and making a point here. Like, you have to pick a side. And when they pick their side and want to continue to worship the false god, he's, he doesn't hesitate to mock them because he knows the truth. He knows the truth of God. And he knows the truth found in God and in God's word. In verse 28, it goes on. So they shouted louder and following their normal customs, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but there was still no sound, no reply, and no response. Then Elijah called to the people, Come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired, as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took twelve stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar, large enough to hold about three gallons of water. He piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Now remember, they're in a drought. They haven't seen water in three years. And he's building a huge trench around the altar that will hold tons of water. Then he said, Fill large, 
Fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. So here he, they don't have a whole lot of water like we were just talking about. And he's pouring water on the wood. And why would he do that? I think it's it's probably to prove his point that he's, he's pouring water all over the wood and soaking it down with water in the middle of a drought. So the water is rare and hard to come upon. And he's just pouring it all over this wood and drenching it, which would also make it harder to light on fire. In verse 34, after they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And they were finished. He said, now do it a third time. So they did as he said, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. So they have poured so much water on this wood that they have filled the trench. In verse 36, at the usual time for the off- for the offering the evening of the sac- for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, "O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you are Lord. You, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and even the dust. It even licked up all the water that was in the trench. So this was a hot fire, y'all. In verse 39, And then all the people saw it, and they fell down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Then Elijah commanded, Seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all, and Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. So the purpose of this is to bring glory to God. God has proven time and time again that he is God. And the role of the prophets is to be the clear mouthpiece of God. They will be without excuse when they reject the prophets of God. Because they're very clearly proclaiming who God is. And Elijah prophecies. And each time he prophesies exactly what he says comes forth. Exactly what God tells him comes forth immediately, each and every time when he brings forth God's word. And in verse 41, it continues. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So notice too, the other thing is he's declaring these things out loud. Miracles don't happen without us declaring them. And that's why it is so, throughout the Bible, it is so stressed time and time again how important our words are and how much our words matter. Anything we declare basically rules in our life. So if we're declaring God's word, God's word's going to rule in our life. If we're declaring God's miraculous power, God's miraculous power is going to rule in our life. If we declare that he will bring prosperity and rule our finances and bring us into his calling and his will. It will come forth according to his will in our lives. What we say really impacts our lives and forms our lives and we act on what we say. So our words are so important and our words matter. And right before every single miracle in the Bible, it was declared, even when Jesus died on the cross, he declared, 
it is finished. And then the miracle happened and he was raised up into the heavens from the death. So let's continue on in chapter 18, verse 42. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Caramel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. I might have to try that. Then he said to his servant, go and look but toward the sea. The servant went and looked. Then he returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and then hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. So I love this chapter so much. So sometimes our miracles aren't going to happen immediately. Sometimes they happen when we go again, when we keep going, when we go again, and then go again. And then God will tell you, you know what? Go again. We can't give up. We never, never give up on God. Miracles happen when we obey God and go again. He went seven times before the rain came. He kept telling him, you know what? Go again go again. And when he did go again, that seventh time, the miraculous rain poured out of the skies. And I just love picturing Elijah tucking his cloak deep down into his belt and running ahead of that chariot, like super Godspeed strength. Because it says the Lord gave him special strength so that he could run. And just, I love that picture and God's promises coming forth. And declaring God's word as truth. And when we declare it, and when we go again, God brings his truth and his miracles forth every time, immediately come down and in, in, into our lives. We just have to speak them and declare exactly what the Lord is telling us. And God will carry it out and carry it through. So that is chapter 18. Chapter 17 and 18 in these books in the in the middle of Kings, it's just so powerful and there's so much truth and so much in God's word. And the more I read it and the more I read it again and again, the more God shows me. And I just love how you can continue just to grow deeper and deeper in God's word and wisdom. And and I, it really struck me how much it, it really matters to watch our words and declarations and make sure we're declaring the miracles that God is saying he's going to bring forth and make sure we don't give up and go again, go again, be obedient again. Do what God is saying again, and the mountains will be moved. Um, so stay strong, continue to go again in God, and just never give up. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.